Good morning, good morning. Um, so, welcome. We are doing things a little bit backwards today, but that's okay. We're still talking about worship. Um, and I turned my ring around when I was sitting up there, and that normally means I have to remember something, and now I can't remember what I was supposed to be remembering. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I want you to create. I want to create a bit of discussion this morning around the tables. It's just under four weeks until Christmas. Kids, what do you want for Christmas? Kids, what do you want for Christmas? Have a think about it and start talking to the people on your table. What is it you want for Christmas? Adults, what do you really, really want? What are you, what's your heart's desire? What are you longing for? It might be a short-term thing. It might be a long-term thing. But what do you want most? You've got 60 seconds. Go. Can we get some feedback? Who's got, who knows what their kids, who knows what they want for Christmas? Lodge, what do you say? I'm on a mountain bike with expansions and a full piece helmet and some goggles. Awesome. You were right, Jono. He said the other day he's going to say a full piece helmet. All right, what do you want? Dinosaur Lego. Dinosaur Lego. Sounds good. Micah. Plane set. Planes, a Lego plane set. All right. What have we got? Baloo, have you got something? What do you want for Christmas? His birthday's coming up. He's got a birthday and Christmas. How exciting. Can you want to tell me? What is it? It's a robot that moves around. A robot that moves around. Is that right? That sounds super cool. What about you guys? What do you want for Christmas? A Fitbit. A Fitbit? Nerf gun. A Nerf gun. All right. Anyone else got those on their Christmas lists? Yes? No? Maybe adults. What do you really want? What's your heart's desire? What are you longing for? Come on, grown-ups. Kids were way more fast than you were. <laughs> Susie's up for it. Yeah. <laughs> Jono's going to give me the right answer soon. I don't know whether it's kids' turn still, but I'm a kid anyway. <laughs> Um, I felt that I, I long for a sense of the presence of God in our family. All right, so there's some amens around the room. What's another thing? Come on, adults, what do you got? John's got one. Let's go. Health is something you can't buy, but it's very important. All right, health. Yeah, it's good, right? Okay, so we've got the presence of God, we've got a Fitbit, we've got a mountain bike and a helmet, we've got the health. What's something else? One more thing. Come on, down this side. Akin's got it. Fantastic. I, I just want all my kids to be happy and my family. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Kids to be happy, family to be happy. Andrew says the answer is baby Jesus in a manger. So you've been listening to Reggie Dabbs, is that right? Um, <laughs> who says this answer is always baby Jesus in a manger. What is it that you long for most? We're going to talk about someone today. Actually, I'm going to retract that sentence. On your table, you've got a box. If you've got a, we've got one box that hasn't got any friends, so 
Do you guys want to run over and grab it? Because you've got a number of people. Open up your box. There's a Christmas tree in there talking about what do you want the most. And inside your box, there's also a puzzle. Everyone's got a different part of the puzzle. I want you as a table to do your puzzle. You've got 60 seconds. Your time starts now. We're going to work out who this is. What are they famous for? Are they young? Are they old? Who looks up to them and what have they influenced? Just do your puzzle. <laughs> All right, you got ten seconds. This is where we need music. Um, <laughs> has everyone finished? You got some idea? All right, I'm going to come down. This table down here, what have you got? What do you think the picture's about? Who is this person? You don't know? This person is a... Uh, you got a picture of a father and a... A son. Fantastic. All right, so this person is a son. All right. Down this table. Inika, what have you got? Oh, you've got a picture. Hey? Oh, it could be skiing. Yes. Or the silhouette of. Yeah. Who, who do you think this person is? Jono. <laughs> Jono, you've been done by your mother. Now, I'm <laughs> It's a father. Yes, so this person is a father. They are a son. All right, Al, what's your table got on it? You've got the fugitive. Ooh. So this person is a father, a son, and a fugitive. Down the side over here, Thomas, what have you got? Poetry. You had a father, a son, a fugitive, and a poet. All right. What have we got here, Elijah? A soldier. Yep, all right. What have we got on... I've lost my numbers. Ben and Peter. A shepherd. All right, what have we got? So we've got a father, we've got a son, we've got a fugitive, we've got a poet, we've got a warrior, we've got a shepherd. All right. What have you guys got down the back there, Will? Hang on a sec. I should have worn a Fitbit myself. Um, <laughs> what have you got? A murderer. So we got a. What do we got? We got a father, a son. I can't remember all of the order. Help me. Father, a son, a fugitive, a murderer, a warrior, a poet, a shepherd. What have you ladies got on your table, Lou? Music. A music room. Yes. This person is a musician and creator of instruments. All right. Then who's got down their back table? Michael and Adrian, what have you got down on your table? A puzzle. <laughs> What's the picture of? 
man who could be a king and a younger looking woman who could be a queen, but she's not too happy with him. Got any ideas what it could be depicting? Aha, David and Mikhail maybe? Or is it Bathsheba? So this person is a father, a son, a fugitive, a murderer, a warrior, a shepherd, a poet, a musician and an adulterer? A giant slayer. Yes. Next one up, giant slayer. Getting a picture of who this could be? All right. And who's got the last one? Who haven't I asked? You guys? You, go you guys. Yeah. <laughs> what have you got? Brown. Yes. And this person is a king. Who do you think it is that we're talking about? King David, yeah. He was a lot of things, was King David. Was he a perfect man? No. But what was it that he was known for? Heart after God. King David, despite his successes and his failures, is a man known as a man after God's own heart. In your boxes, which Bronwyn and Alan, you need to come this way to find your box because there was no one on that table a moment ago so we gave it over here. <laughs> or Jono is sending a messenger straight over. Left in your boxes, if you haven't opened it up yet, is a ring box, which has a message in it, which despite all of those things that David is, the verse that it says on there is from Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask, one thing I desire, ugh, that I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was the cry of King David's heart. The NLT version says, One thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. And the Passion Translation I loved when I reread this was, Here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else, I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. That's the man we're going to talk about. That's the man we're going to seek. Now, I'm going to ask Johnny to come up because the kids are going to go for a bit of an adventure. Come on, kids. Come on, kids. I was just thinking as, as Liz was talking, and as the kids come up, because you, you want to come. You want to come for this. I was thinking about when David was anointed. David was anointed, and he had lots of strong, smart, older brothers. And Samuel was told by God that he had to anoint someone from Jesse's family. And he looked at these big, buff guys, and they were going to be the next king. And he looked at the biggest, the tallest, and he went, I reckon it's him. And God said, no, no, it's not him. And then he went to the next tallest and strongest and smartest. And, it, and God said to Samuel, no, not him. And then he went to a youngest. He said, is there any others? And David wasn't even invited to the party. And he came along and God said, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. And in a minute, we're going to go and find some hearts, guys. We're going to go on a treasure hunt. So if the kids are still at the tables, I think you want to come up, Banjo. I need you up here. I'm glad Blue's here. Come on, boys. I need you up here. Come on, Aiden. Come on, everyone. What we're going to do is we're going to go on a treasure hunt, and we're going to try to find some hearts. Come up, Dean. I need you. I need enough people. Come on. We need 11 of you. I'd love 11. 
In a minute, we're going to go on a treasure hunt, and I need you up here. Thanks, Simeon, for coming up. One, two, three, four, five, six. Come up, Dean. Come on, Kiara. Seven, eight, nine, ten. We're nearly there. You can come with me. I'm coming. What we're going to do is we're going to go to a table. Everyone's going to go to a different table. Yeah, yeah, you'll get a chance. And we're going to find out how many people are on that table. And adults or people that are at the table, I'd like you to get the box and write the number of people that are on your table in that box. Because the kids are going to go and hunt for some hearts. They're going to go on a search and they need to have enough hearts for everyone on your table. And they're going to come back and give you a chocolate heart. Woohoo! Everyone likes chocolate in the morning. And when they give it to you, adults, we're trying to cross generations. We're trying again and again on Sunday mornings to build the generations. Do you want to go to Mary? Say hello. Say hello. Um, so we're going to come back. And when you get a heart from a kid, see if you can interact with them a little bit. How was your day? Thank you so much. What are you looking forward to? What's your name? Because that's what we're going to do. So kids, I'm going to send you to a different table each. Is that okay? So I'd like you, Kiara, to go back to the table you're at and get the box off the table. Make sure they've got a number of people sitting at the table in that box. Can you do that? Dean, can you go... That's only one person. Can you go to this table here and get that box? Is that cool? Um, Blue, can you go back to the table you're at and get the box and however many people are on your table? Okay. Um, Elijah, can you go to Alan Fran and, and, and Andrew and Sally's table? Thank you. And um, you can go back to the table you're at. Okay. And can I have one person from each table stand up if, if they haven't? Can you go up to this table here and get that silver box? Cool. Can you get a box from oh, up the back there? Okay. Can you go with him, Mary? That'd be great. There's still a box over here. Okay. Do you want to go and get it, Liam? Liam, come with Dad. Get that. And you hold the box. We need you to hold it for a sec. Is anyone else still not got a box? There's, there's a box up the back here. Well, I'm going to grab that box. Oh, no, you've got someone. Good. 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 Okay, and we're going to go off for a treasure hunt. Thanks, Liz. I know this is a bit messy. Hey, guys, family is messy. We've got one more box we're going to grab on the way out. Is there any other boxes than Bronwyn's? Awesome. Let's go. Fantastic. All right, go for a treasure hunt. Go, go, go. Jono, is Simeon coming on this treasure hunt? Come on, Sim. You know, we've been talking about worship over the last few weeks and, and I initially actually got the points for this message a few weeks back as I was walking around the supermarket talking with the Lord and, and getting my groceries and stopped and made notes in my phone because it seemed like a weird place to be getting notes for a message. But... And I, and I shared them with Adrian. I said, you know, it was before we even started talking about worship. I said, do you think, you know, these are for each of the weeks? And he's like, no, 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 not quite. And I kind of then went, okay. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And we've had lots of different, different ways, you know, from Adrian bringing in the, um, the tray with all of the tea and, you know, Worship we have made into songs. And he brought up on the screen about the, you know, you, you type in worship into images and it just comes up with people worshipping. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not all worship is. And we've looked at, um, you know, looked at so many different aspects of worship and uh, I need that one. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, do you need me to I can I can do you want that one back, Mary? <laughs> we'll get creative later on. Um you know, Michael did a fantastic message last week about, you know another aspect of worship. And I was trying to work out how I was going to encompass all of that, this, you know, in this morning's message and just went, 
And I heard God just say, I'm not asking you to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to go with my four points and not try and encompass everything else. <laughs> Point one. Worship is a designer default. We are made to worship. When God created us, he made all of creation to worship him. And I tried to get my head around, not very successfully, so forgive me all of you computer people that are way above my computer intelligence level, but if you get a phone or you get a computer or a TV or anything, it's got a, a factory reset that if all else fails, you can reset it back to what its original settings were. They're the default settings, but you can also set default settings so that if you are wanting to have Safari rather than Google or something like that, you have the automatic it comes up on, is that right? I really am not very good at this apart from the idea. Um, but it, it's like a computer setting and we're a bit like that. We are designed, we are created to worship. You know, Psalm 66 says, everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. Psalm 19 talks about the heavens proclaiming the glory of God and the skies displaying his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak and night after night, they make him known. That's all of creation. You know, Jesus is talking in Luke 19, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. If we're not worshipping, the stones are going to cry out. The rocks are going to cry out. Psalm 98 verse 7, you know, let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Time and time and time and time throughout the Bible. It just talks about all of creation. And we are part of his creation, worshipping him. And I was thinking on this thing about default settings. You know, if we're made to worship, that's what we, we can do. You know, we, our heart cry can be like David. The, the, the one thing I ask, the one thing I desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That can be our heart's setting, our default setting. But if it's not, then we can actually set it to other things. Because if we're not worshipping the creator of the universe we are going to be worshipping something else. It might be sport. It might be your spouse. It might be your career. It might be worry. It might be a number of other things. But if he is not in that place in your life, something else will be. Ready to go? Awesome. Just want to say, Mal trained a few weeks back in sound, and so did Zeke. These guys have been running the sound desk for the last however many weeks, and my goodness, they get better and better every week. Better and better every week. Well done, guys. Okay. Please thank them later on, because... I've learnt the sound desk now and I didn't think I'd ever be able to do it, but I can, sort of. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not always an easy job to do. Those guys are rocking it. Um, I, I just want to take a moment and I, it'll be like 30 seconds. I just want you to just search your heart really quickly and say, Lord, if there's anything where I'm not worshipping you that my heart's not set on you, Show me what it is and forgive me. Is that cool?
Awesome. And that might be something that you need to take back before him later on in the day, but you know, it's so important to just take those moments every day, numerous times sometimes, just to, Lord, where's my heart at right now? Second thing, worship is an attitude. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get an attitude. Might be about the person that's driving at 40 instead of 50, or 60 instead of 90. We all get attitudes. And Adrian talked about, you know, the other week, which was this really cool depiction, which I'm not going to try and redo, but he had, you know, in an in a aircraft, a plane has, it's to do with the attitude about the position that it sits in. In ballet, you have an attitude, it's to do with the position. Attitude is about position. And Romans 12 says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, amplified, dedicating all of yourselves to be set apart to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, he, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And it goes on to say, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Hear that? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and per pleasing and perfect. You know, worship isn't just a song or a prayer. Worship's about Jesus. You know, more and more and more over the last few months, I, I just keep coming back to if he doesn't turn up, if he's not evident in my life, what am I doing? I may as well be in the world. If Jesus doesn't turn up in our meetings, it's just a nice gathering. And that's great, but I don't want to just have a nice gathering. I want to have a God-encountered gathering. And that might be here or it might just be having coffee with a friend, but I want Jesus. I just want Jesus. Songs are a form of worship. And, you know, I, and, and I bring that he, here on the weekends. But that's just a form of worship. And I love bringing a song to the Lord. But it's just a form of worship. And I might sit at the piano and play. I might sit in the bathroom and sing. But that's still just a form of worship. Using your gifts and talents. Being a part of or attending like a service like this or a prayer meeting or, you know, loving one another and encouraging one another. Living our lives according to the godly principles that are in the word. You know, wholly surrendering your life to him and allowing him to change us from the inside out. Offering our lives as a living sacrifice is all worship. You know, there's the, the song, you know, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in your, itself is not what you have desired. You search my, the heart much deeper within. You know, some of us have sung that a lot of times. But is that where we're positioned? Is that our attitude in worship that actually my whole life is an offering to God? My whole life is surrendered to him. My whole life is aligned and walking in obedience with him. And I'm not saying you've got to be perfect because I'm 100% sure you're kind of similar to me and you have good days and you have bad days and you have really bad days and you have excellent days and some are in between, yes? But the thing that I've kind of re-come on this in the last few days is, you know, Philippians 4, it drives me crazy, that chapter sometimes. It says all this stuff and I'm like, how are you supposed to do that? It's the rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Drives me nuts. The next bit goes, don't be anxious for anything. You know, like, What? 
in my last couple of weeks, I've had to deal with anxiety more than I think I have done in my whole life. It's been horrible. And God says, don't do that. He says, instead, think about these things, whatever is true and whatever is lovely and whatever is noble. You know, those things. But Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. That means delight and take pleasure in him. It's not some fake thing that you're like, ah, that's horrible. But it's actually going deeper, that delight and take pleasure in him. As your creator, as your father, as your friend, as your saviour, delight and take pleasure in him. And again, I'm going to say it, rejoice. Because attitude in worship is something that I have power and control of. It's a choice. I can choose to have the right attitude and the willingness to or not. It's a choice. It's a position that you get yourself into. And sometimes it's really hard. You know, back in 2007 where I was told one night some of the most devastating news that I'd ever come across at that point. And I, I, everything just was shattered. And as the person that had been at my place left, I just, I just wanted to crumple on the floor. And I heard the Lord say two things. One was, forgive them. And the second one was, worship me. And I... I was on the kitchen floor in a mess and by some miracle my nearly newborn baby was still sleeping because he didn't normally do that at that time. And I had to make a choice. Was I going to forgive and worship? Or was I going to let every emotion that was inside of me consume me because, oh my goodness, there was a lot. And I had to make a choice. And I knew that if I didn't make a choice right then, in that moment, then the enemy was going to have a foothold in my life that I did not want him to have. And I wasn't going to give him the right to have. And so in my crumpled mess, I went, Lord, I forgive them. And I'm going to build you an altar of praise. And I had to do that thousands of times over but I chose was it easy no gee it sucked time and time and time it sucks but I know that if I don't get into that right position then I get swamped and I want to say to you this morning it's a choice is it easy no I'm going to be really real. No, it's not easy. Even in the last few days, I've had stuff and I got in here yesterday afternoon and I felt like it was like one thing after another thing after another thing and I got in here and I pulled out the piano stool because I was like, right, that's it. I'm going into church. I'm going to go and sort this out. And I got into church and I pulled the piano stool out and the jolly thing collapsed just about because it's like having a meltdown. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> just like... <laughs> So it's not matching. Don't look at that. But, you know, it, it was this thing. I was like, okay, so am I going to be like, Kylie's laughing. <laughs> but I still had to go, am I going to make a choice? Am I going to be like, oh, who's done the piano? No, no, no. Because it felt like another thing. Or was I going to choose? I'm like, you know what, enemy, you're going down. I'm going to worship. And it changed. It changed. And God doesn't say, give me half of your worship. You know, this is a kind of funny thing because God and I have some pretty funny conversations sometimes. And I was driving along the other week and I was like, I'll give you all my worship. And he said to me, but sometimes you only give me half. I was like, what? And I don't know if you know that song. If you've been around a while, you probably will. 
but it's not. I'll give you half my worship. I'll give you a third of my praise. Like, it would sound ridiculous. He wants all of us, all of our worship. And it's way better than trying to do fractions. So, during the week, so three, I've got to talk faster. John will be back in a minute. Three, worship is a weapon. I saw this really cool clip, I think on Thursday, maybe Friday, that Thomas showed me of Micah sitting on the piano at home and he was building out. Oh, raise a hallelujah. It was awesome. Like, it was amazing just watching him. He was totally having a ball. But, you know, the word goes through and through. That worship is a weapon. You know, Psalm 2 verse 8, something I've been talking about with the kids a few times over the last few weeks, you know, out of the mouths of children and infants you have ordained praise to silence the voice of the enemy. Praise. Silence is the enemy. The word is a weapon. Use it. It's an attitude. It's a position. But use it. You know, Psalm 149 I remember the first time I read this, I got so excited. That was a while back, but I still get excited. It says, May the praise of the Lord be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hand to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with fetters, fetters, to their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Praising God is communicating who God is, what he's done and what he can do. Praise is a weapon against evil and the enemies of God. And one of my favourite, favourite, favourite chapters in the Word, which I've got a lot of them, but is Second Chronicles 20. You know, and, and Jehoshaphat's up against the bad guys and, and everything. And um, I'll just pick it at verse... Um, you know, and they're up against the bad guys of Ammon and Moab and, and Mount Seir and, and they were coming. There was some stuff that as I was just reading through it this morning, it was like verse 11 says, For they have come to throw us out of your land which you gave us as an inheritance. And I felt like that was for somebody the enemy is coming in to try and take your land, that which is your inheritance. And if you zip down through Second Chronicles 20, you know, it's all the men and the women and the, the children all stood before the Lord. And they're given these really specific instructions. Listen, all you people, Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them, and you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley, which opens into the wilderness of Jeru. But you will not even need to fight. Take your position. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory, for he is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Or discouraged, go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And the King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. They worshipped. And I felt this morning that some of you need to be low with your face to the ground and some of you need to give a loud shout. Not a little loud shout, like a very loud shout in whatever it is that you might be fighting or contending at the moment. But worship is your weapon. And then the coolest thing happens next. Early in the morning, the army of Judah goes out into the wilderness. And on the way, King Jehoshaphat stops and says, listen to me, all you people of Judah. And Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. 
And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him from his, for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Sounds a little bit like rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's him. It's us to him. And at that very moment that they began to sing, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. And I'm not going to keep reading it, but it's this thing where as we position ourselves to worship, God moves and he causes chaos in the camp of the enemy. We are created to worship. It's part of who we are. Position yourself and watch what God will do. Another one of my, you know, other favourites is Paul and Silas. You know, they're in a jail, in the middle of the jail, and it would have been gross in all kinds of... Bleh, um, <laughs> Even if you've just been out to Richmond or, you know, Port Arthur and you, no, I wouldn't have wanted to spend any time out there. But, you know, for, and that's the nice version these days compared to what the reality would have been. But they worship God. And there's an earthquake and chains fall off and doors fling open and people are saved because they worship. And God does this miraculous, amazing thing. If we want the power of God, then let us worship with everything that's in us, our heart, our soul, and all of our strength. Because I fully believe that the presence of God is in us. You know, if you, if you believe in Jesus, his presence is in you. His favor and his anointing is upon you. His spirit lives in us. But if we want to see the presence of God on us, You know, to see the evidence of him living in us as we walk in the power of the Spirit of God, to shift the blah of the enemy, to see people freed and, and breaking through in the things that God has for them, to see salvation come to households and streets and neighborhoods and nations, to see God enthroned on the praises of his people, then we need to use that and use worship as a weapon. And just as the kids are coming back in, the last point that I want to make is our worship needs to be in practice. Our worship pleases God. You know, we've seen over the last few weeks that to, we can love him in numerous different ways. You know, each of the boats that are down the back, if you haven't seen them today already, they were the same boat to start with, but they're all completely different. And that's what our worship is like. Each of us worships and connects with God in a different way. And if we were to go around the room right now, everyone would have a slightly different way that they connect with and worship God. Our worship in practice really just means that we need to be like Jesus, to live our lives and align our lives like Jesus. You know, it says in John 5 that Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. And we're to do the same. And so often it can be easy to forget the word. This is the best thing you can do and read and memorize and declare and squeeze tightly in your life for you to know who God is and to be like Jesus to be the shining light of who he is, to be the reflection of who he is, to be a disciple maker like he calls us to be. And as I was kind of looking at things yesterday, which I've lost the top part of my box, so you'll just have to imagine with me. Our worship... Oh, I've lost the pretty bit. But anyway, our worship is a gift to God. Uh-huh. 
Thank you, Lyle. Our worship is a gift to God. You know, and it's a... And my prayer is that it would become the longing of your heart. That the longing of your heart would be just like the cry of David's heart. The one thing, one thing, despite all the other things, the one thing that he desires. Worship's a puzzle. It's not one. It's you know, in that seeking to be the one thing, it's not one thing. It's a collection of things. And as the pieces come together, it looks different on each of the tables. You had all those pieces come together. And it created a picture. And if we brought all of those pictures together, it creates another picture. We are pieces of a puzzle in the way that we worship, in that the way that Sophie worships is going to be different than the way that Al worships, which is going to be different than the way that I worship, which is going to be the different than the way that Bronwyn worships. But we come together and we worship him because he's created us to worship. And it's about our hearts before him. This is all he wants, all of our heart. So I want you to take a moment just to sit quietly. And kids, I know you've come in. Well done. Okay, can we give them a clap? Well done for collecting hearts. That was awesome. Because David was a man after God's own heart. May you be known as a man or a woman after God's own heart. And that might be that you're just sitting in quiet you know adoration of who he is or it might be that you crank the music up really loud it might be that you dance like david did it might be that you make a meal for somebody or speak a new word of encouragement to somebody it might be that you just stop and check on somebody as you're passing them in the street it might be reading the word or adjusting and aligning and adjusting and aligning your life with what the word says and how you're positioned or not positioned according to that. It might be about tithing. All of that is worship. It's an act of obedience and surrender. It's going with his will, not our will. And it's our responsibility to change our position and to adjust our stance you know, I said to Ben yesterday, it was like this moment where I was like, well, where I was at at that point, I suddenly said to him, I'm in a position of fear instead of faith. I had to adjust where I was at and then come back and surrender before him in a completely different way and then offer it back up to him. So I just want to take a moment. We're going to do communion in a minute. And we're going to do I just want to do that a little bit differently. You know it might be that as we kind of get ready for this time that you just go actually worships become about what I like and not necessarily what he likes. And when God said to me at this time last year the word reset for worship, I had no idea it was going to be like this. But I know that God is doing something in this period of time across the world as to the way that we are positioned and in the way that we worship and what we view worship as and, and so many different things that he's resetting. And as a church, we've been looking at things and going, what is it that you're saying about this? And I just want to take a moment, and kids, you can do this too, of just sit quietly. We're just going to do it for like 30 seconds. And if they don't totally settle, that's okay. 
that, Lord, if there's somewhere in my life that needs to be reset by you, that you would show me. Lord, if it's about my understanding that you've created me to worship, then show me. If it's about my attitude or my position in worship, then show me. If it's about activating the weapon of worship, then Lord, show me. But Lord, most of all, we surrender to your will, to your ways. Father, that our lives would reflect your glory. And just as we finish on that, we're going to have a time of worship, but I want to do it a little bit differently. A couple of weeks ago, we we sang the song, The Blessing. And, and Adrian asked for those who wanted to, to stand and to, and to pray blessing that blessing over people and and around your tables today as we take communion and as we prepare for communion fathers if you've got kids at your table or even here today go and lay your hands on your kids and sing this blessing over your children husbands and wives sing the blessing over your children Kids, sing the blessing over your siblings. Whoever's around you, you might have come on your own today. Find someone that you can sing or speak, pray this blessing over. And we're going to start singing that as you just take communion and just let it, you know, join in with us. But let this be the prayer that you speak out over the people around you or you might not have anyone with you today and you've got friends and family you want to do that with, but just, and you know, bring them to mind and, and speak that out. And if there's things that God's asking you to deal with, then find someone to pray with on your table. If there's things in your life that you need to just align with him afresh, then do so. Because he wants all of us, all of our heart, that we would seek him.